Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast from Destiny Christian Church in Wakefield. You know, we are so glad that you are joining us for this podcast. Whether you've missed Sunday morning, whether you couldn't make it, or whether you just want to re-listen to our message from this week, we're so glad you're here. This week, Pastor Steve preached a great message, and I just know that you are going to be blessed by what you hear. So get ready. Here we go. How are we all doing? We're doing good. Anybody made special plans for this weekend? Anybody made any special plans for this weekend? If you've made special plans for this weekend, pop it in the live chat. Let us know what you are uh, up to this weekend. And, uh, you know, tomorrow is a special day for some people, isn't it? It's Singles Awareness Day. If you're single, just put your hand up. No, 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 don't. don't. Well, we could, we could start a dating service, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't we? Des- destiny dating. Meet your destiny here. Oh, there you go. That's a new ministry right there. Wonderful. No, I joke. I joke. But today, I am talking about love. And I don't know what love means to you. Maybe it means warm, squishy feelings. Maybe for you, it is um, something that is mystical. You know, often people talk about uh, love being this mystical force. Or maybe for you today, love is just one of those things that's so far from your mind. Or maybe today that love for you means hurt because perhaps you've had a negative experience in the past um, from somebody who said that they loved you. But I have good news today. Because today I'm talking about God's agape love. So we are all included, no matter what your status says on Facebook, we are all included today in today's sermon because God loves you. God loves you. And uh, just to sort of illustrate um, the first point, I'm going to play a game. Who's up for playing a game at this early on a Sunday morning? Two people. That's because they were here an extra hour early getting everything ready. Thank you, you people. Um, so I'm going to say the name of a song lyric. All you need to do is finish the title, Yes, by shouting out. Okay? Now, you are hidden behind a mask, so you're going to have to shout extra loud. Okay, you ready? All you need is... Well done. Well done. I tell you what, I honestly thought, you know, that I might only get a murmur there back. But you guys were right on it straight away. Okay. It must be... Well done. Stop! In the name of... You know, that song is really difficult to not sing when you're saying the sentence. You say stop and immediately you want to break into song. It's not just song titles. What about movie titles? Eat, pray... Love. Uh, Just to give you a clue, even if you don't know the title, whenever I stop, just shout the word love. Okay? Shakespeare in... Love. Well done. And what about um, advertising slogans? Okay? Da-da-da-da-da. You see, that one was slightly different, and you did really, really well. There you go, I was stepping it up there. And this is for a different generation. Uh, Are you ready? Um, All because the lady... Loves milk tray. I still remember those adverts. You see, we have a problem with the word love. And the problem is we hear it all the time. All the time we hear the word love. 
all the time. It is mentioned in songs, in movies, um, on our social media feed. We perhaps say it to each other on a regular basis. But what does love actually mean? What does it mean when God says he loves you? What does that mean to you? What do you react on the inside when you hear about God's love? Because there's a challenge for us because there are lots of different types of love. So I already mentioned the Valentine's type of love. The Greeks called that eros love. That was one kind. Then there's storge love, which is about family and friends. Then there's Philadelphia love, which is about Christian love and showing love to those people um, who are part of your community. And then there's agape love. And agape love is perfect love, is God's love. And agape love is mentioned 250 times in the New Testament. But if all we understand is some of those other terms of love, then we equate those when we read those in the Bible 250 times. But I want to tell you today that there is so much more to love than you have ever known or experienced. We're going to look in the Bible at 1 John chapter 4. So if you want to turn in your Bibles or uh, flick over to your Bible app, This is what it says, verse 7 and 8. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Think about that for a moment. God is love love. So when we say God loves you, he's saying with his whole character, with his whole heart, that he loves you. Because that is who he is. He is love. You know, the world doesn't understand love if they don't understand God. Because God is love. He is the whole source of where love comes from. Every movie, song, even the adverts, it's all just an echo of who he is. But it also means that we haven't experienced fully yet what the love that God has for us. And I take that as an encouragement. Because it means that each day we can walk in growing our understanding of his love for us. We can walk each day growing in our application of showing other people love to us. And we can have greater sympathy for a world around us that has never experienced his love. That doesn't understand it and they only know an echo. Verses 9 and 10 in 1 John chapter 4 says this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is what love is, that God sent his son. Not that we loved him, but that he loves us. God loves you. Think about that today. You are loved. You are loved. God choosing to reach out to you even before you had the opportunity to love him back. He acted even when he knew that people would be rebellious to him. He chose love even knowing that he wouldn't get it in return from everybody. And it says in Romans 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You are loved today. God, I just pray that everybody here and everybody watching online can experience every day more and more of your love and can grow in the understanding of knowing what it means to be loved by you, to be walking in your love, the secure and confidence that comes from that. Amen. Romans 8, 35 to 39 sums it up. We've even sung about it already this morning. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. But no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor powers, nothing in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate you from God's love. No act, no decision that you make can separate you from God's love because he's chosen to love you first. You are loved. It means that we are valued and we are cherished. We are treasured. He has hard for one for us on the cross. He empowered and purposed, uh, purposed us. And we can feel secure and confident knowing that we are loved. Maybe today you're watching us and you've never truly experienced Christ's love. Maybe you're here and you fall into that category. I want you to know that God loves you. And he's right there for you. You have an opportunity to reach out to him and experience his love. 
Let's go a little bit deeper into this. And if we're talking about love, we have to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Every photographer's nightmare because they hear it every time, every weekend, maybe three or four times every weekend. But it's such a great chapter of the Bible. And um, it's one of the reasons why it gets shown and, and um, used at weddings again and again and again because it sums up what love is. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it always, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Think about those words. You yourself have probably heard them many, many, many times. But think about what it means for you and how God loves you. God is patient with us. God blesses us. He does not boast about what he has done, nor did Jesus. Think about that. We give him worship, but he doesn't boast about what he's done. I haven't found that anywhere in the Bible. He's not easily angered. He removes, and he removes our sins and chooses not to remember them anymore. God rejoices with the truth. God protects us. He puts his trust in us. He gives us hope and he stays with us for the journey, promising to never leave us or abandon us. Take hold of those words today. Let them sink in to your heart that you are loved. Now then, 1 John chapter 4 goes on to say, Dear friends, since God loved us, we also should love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So this is the other side of it. God loves you, so we're called to love other people. Throughout the Bible, we are called to have love and to show it to other people. In fact, the Bible makes it one of the most important requirements for us to have in our lives. If you look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 to 8, it gives a list of basically the things that you need to be working on as a Christian. It starts off with talking about faith. It's important to have faith in God. That's the fundamental starting point of where we come from. It's really important that we have faith. And it says, add to your faith goodness. Do good things. That makes sense. Add to goodness knowledge. Increase your understanding of what is right and what is wrong. And to knowledge self-control. So you do more of the good things than you do the bad things. And to self-control, perseverance. You're not always going to get it right. So keep going. And to perseverance, godliness. That means that you start to show the character of God in your everyday actions. And to godliness, mutual affection. Now this is that word, Philadelphia, Philadelphia 
that I was talking about earlier. It's not the cream cheese. I'm sorry if I'm making anybody hungry. But it's simply the Christian love that we can all show one another. And add to that love. Often we think that love is the fundamental starting point, and it is for our Christian faith. But 2 Peter makes it clear that actually it comes at the end of this long list. It's almost like actually love is one of the hardest things that you will possibly be a- ever be able to um, do in life because it's tough and because the agape love of God is perfect and we are not. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. That doesn't mean we shouldn't keep going. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't keep um, looking to love other people. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13, famous passage, puts it like this. It says that if I can speak with the tongues of angels but have not love, I am simply a clanging gong or a crashing cymbal. It says that if I have faith that can move a mountain but have not love, then it's worth nothing. Love is really important. You want to be really good. I want to be really good. I want to be really fruitful. I want to be really productive in everything that I do in life. But if love isn't my foundation, if that isn't the reason why I'm doing it, then I can end up becoming a stumbling block to other people. I can, for all my good intentions, for all my skill and all my prowess, I could be the best father, I could be the best employer, I could be the best friend, I could be the best husband, but for all my good intentions, if I'm not trying to master love first, then I'm going to end up not being as productive, not being as fruitful as I want to be. So let's look at our list again. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 8 again and challenge ourselves with what it says. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. What is patience? Well, I had a thought about this 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 week and I came up with my own definition of what patience is. Patience is waiting but with a good expectant attitude. Because we can all wait for things, but we can wait for things with a bad attitude. We can wait for things with a rude attitude. We can wait for things um, feeling really hurt that they haven't happened yet. But patience waits with a good expectant attitude. Are you waiting patiently for other people to respond to God? Or have you given up? Are you still praying for those people who you want to get to know God? Are you still praying that people will respond to the love of God? Are you doing it expectantly? And then there's kindness. You know, God has blessed you abundantly. God has blessed you massively. If you think, I don't see how God's blessed me. Well, what about the things in your life if you took them away? And your life would be 
have a negative effect because of it. Your health, your family, your finances, your job. They're the blessings of God on your life. Are you blessing other people? Maybe even those who mean to do you harm. Because remember, love isn't about feelings. It isn't about waiting for other people to respond or be deserving of it because we weren't deserving of God's love. But love is about us choosing first to act, choosing first to be patient, choosing first to be kind, even to people who don't deserve it. It goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 13, envy, jealousy, boastfulness, pride, anger, forcefulness. It says that all these are not love. Instead, love puts others first. What about envy? You know, it can be easy to have envy and jealousy in our lives. It can be easy to look at your neighbor's new car and think, oh, you know, if only I could have one of those. Or the fact that so-and-so's gone on holiday for the fourth time this year and you can't afford it. It's only envy. It's only a little thing. You know, all of these things, envy, jealousy, uh, jealousy, boastfulness, pride, anger, forcefulness, they all start on the inside. Nobody really sees them. But, you know, envy put Joseph into slavery. It put Jesus on the cross, and it murdered Abel. Envy has no place when we are trying to love other people. Anger has no place. Let it go. Ephesians 4:26 says, "When you are angry, do not sin." Psalm 37 verse eight says, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. And Psalm 37 verse 8 says, uh, I already said that one. So uh, James 1 verse 20 says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Instead of any of those things, choose love. Boast in others. Boast in the difference that they have made in your life. Honor others and lift them up. Choose to take Jesus' approach, who in Philippians 2, verses 5 to 8, said that in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. What culture are you creating around you today? What culture are you creating for others to be able to flourish and thrive in today with your actions and with your words? We can all be stressed. We can all feel the pressure, especially at this time. But there's a call on us to show this agape love that God has shown us to other people. 
to create that culture for others to flourish in. Because this is what it says. It says, love rejoices with the truth. Love protects, love hopes, and love perseveres. And I love the very bit just at the start of verse 8 that says, love never fails. If you want to choose something that's always going to win, choose love. Because love will always win. We read it in Romans 8. It said that overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Overwhelming victory is ours. And we can help other people have overwhelming victory as well. We can help others. We can create that culture in which for others to flourish in. And finally, 1 Corinthians 13 finishes with this phrase that is the title of my message. These three things will remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. You know, it's a picture for me, I read that, and it's a picture of all the temporary things being washed away. If you want to work for things that are permanent, if you want to work for things that are going to last, choose these three things. Faith, have faith in God. Hope, believe that hope can, uh, believe that uh, tomorrow will be better than today. And love, because love always wins. Today you are loved. You are cherished. And you are God's chosen possession. And we are called to help other people see that and to know that. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask today that every single person here knows how loved they are, know how treasured they are, know how valued they are by you. And Lord, I pray, and one of the ways that we can respond to you in this is by showing that same love to other people, that patient and kind love, that love that chooses to put others first, that love that creates a culture that allows other people to flourish, just as your love helps us to be secure and confident so that we can flourish in you. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I really hope today that you've been blessed by this message from Destiny Church. Thank you so much, Pastor Steve. That was great. You know, if you ever feel blessed or you ever feel what you want to give us some feedback even from today's message, you can do that at info at destinychurch.co.uk. And you know, if you ever want to come and listen to a message in person, come and visit us in Wakefield. All you have to do is search WF14AF in your sat-nav and you'll get straight here. You can come and join us at 9.15 or 11 a.m. every single Sunday. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you soon.